0: Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Drager. Drager recognizes the complexities of today's fire ground and the multitude of incidents that require firefighters to step into areas of increased risk. Drager's firefighting equipment gives you the confidence to concentrate on the task at hand. Learn more at Drager.com. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. From Hope BC, I'm Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. In what has become the song that never ends, the coronavirus pandemic, without question, has changed our lives, and in particular, the way we, in the fire service, do what we do. Chris Harrell is the Director of Fire Services at Minto and Wellington North Fire in Ontario. And that's where he joins us from today on uh, the podcast. Chris, uh, thank you for doing this. Well, thanks, Tom. It's uh, great to talk to you again. I, you know, and again, we talked in, we did the virtual summit back in June. Uh, We'll talk about that and where we've come from, but maybe a little bit of a reminder for those that that may not know you or have met you before, but a little bit about your background and and where you're you're at in Ontario.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I've been in the fire service now for 28 years. Um, I like to make sure everybody knows I started when I was 12, so that can get <laughs> everybody my age. But um, yeah, I've been fire chief in uh, Minto for approximately 14 years, uh, 12 of those is full-time. And then recently, we just formed a partnership with Wellington North Fire, which is right beside us that uh, we have a management team that uh, manages both fire departments, um, Wellington North and Minto. So all total, we have about 130 firefighters now that... Um, three of us that are full-time manage um, and all the firefighters are volunteers. So um, it's it's a really cool partnership and we're, we're really, we're about six months into it and, and really looking forward to progressing with it. So um, yeah, so that's a bit about my background and uh, the team that we have in Ontario and just for anyone, Minto and Wellington North are uh, kind of right in the middle of Southwestern Ontario. We're halfway between Lake Huron and Toronto. So uh, we're right in the middle when this, the, people in the city head to the lake, we're right in the middle for everyone to stop.
0: Every community certainly is unique in its risks and vulnerabilities. What about uh, your area? What, what are your challenges?
1: Um, I, I think with everybody, it's, it's, it's recruitment and retention is, is obviously our number one. Um, I think that's normal for any volunteer fire department in, in Canada and, and North America. Um, it, it's, it's that uh, for our area, we have a couple of very large areas. So it, it's getting resources there um, in, a, in a timely manner is, is what we uh, wrestle with all the time. And, and, you know, depending on what we have for responses and, and people coming out to calls in the daytime and that is, is always a challenge, but nothing unusual compared to, to uh, any other department. Um, and this pandemic has definitely aided in those challenges and, and made some of them a little bit harder.
0: Wow, what's your what's your biggest call volume? Uh, you do medical and uh, or motor vehicle incidents, those kind of things, or or a lot of uh, a lot of challenges. You have a railway going through your community, for example.
1: Um, we no, we used to have a railway, and then uh, yeah, most of the railway got decommissioned. But um, it, just as you said, it's it's medicals and, and motor vehicle accidents and and fires, um, from brush fires to uh structure fires to car fires, like they're kind of even across the board for both our departments. Um so each one's about 17-18% of the call volume. Um for that so it's kind of we do a, a variety of those in an evenly matter not one this is we don't do 70% medicals or anything like that. They're all kind of even. So that's kind of the lay of the land here.
0: Certainly the pandemic has affected everyone and uh, again as I mentioned in the outset the the fire service is, is no exception. Uh when they when all this began, you know, I think our approach was Let's deal with it. Let's ride out this storm, uh, as it were, um, and and wait and see what happens. Would you agree with me that I, the storm is is not over, and obviously we're stopped riding it. We're just going to live with it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Tom, like as you mentioned earlier, back when we talked in June on the on the virtual summit, I don't think either one of us thought we'd be talking now again in in January, almost February, and we're still in the middle of it. Um, and in Ontario here, you know, we're we're and even more of it than we were back in, in June. Like our numbers are high and we're uh, we're currently in lockdown and um, we're not doing any hands-on training again and it's all online. Um, we're having problems getting everybody together because we can't get together in big groups. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think this is not gonna go away is what we're learning is not gonna go away anytime soon. It's, it's gonna be something we're gonna have to live with and deal with for a few years to come for sure. So more about that
0: what were the original challenges from the for the volunteers in in your area and and have
1: how is how has that changed um i th- think like a lot of departments our biggest challenge was uh ppe requirements um we had done training in ppe and in donning and doffing and and whatnot but not really proficient in it as as well as we maybe should have been and, and that has definitely changed We we've talked more about ppe and masking and um, gowns, gloving, all that type of stuff more than we ever had. So that was definitely an initial challenge. Um, the initial time when we went to lockdown and, and we didn't we had to, to forego any hands-on training, um, we learned to quickly adapt with online and everybody thought, OK, this is just a one-off, it's, it's not a, a big deal. But we did get back to a little bit of online or hands-on training with small groups and that, but now that we're back, I think everybody's kind of over it and it's getting old fast
0: and the adapt i guess the adaptation uh, is the key for for a lot of us in terms of what we did just to hold on for a while and again a one off as you say this is kind of maybe it's something we can we can build on perhaps
1: yeah i, I think so too yeah we, we can we can build on this and 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 realize um that you know we can build online training in and there is opportunities that in you know, talking to a lot of peers that that we're being able to find that um, a lot of courses that we can get done online that, that firefighters are realizing that it's it's a little more convenient for them to be able to do it at home and, and be with their family and, and at night kind of do a little bit of work and not have to to leave the house to come to courses or, or go away for a week for a course. So that's definitely a benefit, I think, that, that a lot of firefighters are doing. Um, and the other part in, is that, you know, Tom, as well as I do, that the fire service is very slow to adapt sometimes. We're 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 big on our history and, and the way we've always done things. Um, the generation coming up is definitely a lot more tech savvy and you know watching the videos on their phones type thing and, and being able to do a lot of that stuff on the go. Um, so it's kind of adapting to what a lot of our younger firefighters are already used to.
0: With the mental strain that's placed on uh, certainly our crews, let's talk about some of the challenges there uh, in terms of you said the lack of contact uh, the
1: lack of social interaction. uh, How does that play in your area? For sure. This is becoming a major issue. And uh, um, I actually had a firefighter text me the other day and he said, hey, just to let you know, Chief, um, we're keeping track of all the events that you owe us when we finally get out of this. And and, uh, he had, uh, you know, two awards night ceremonies and uh, two wing fries that we've missed and a Christmas party. And, and, and the list was pretty extensive. And it, that really, I laughed and said, you know what, you're absolutely right. And I'm keeping a list too, but it, it's, it is a very sobering thing to see because the, fire, the volunteer fire service lives on being able to get together for camaraderie, um, for friendships, um, for just being able to debrief and talk to someone else. And we're not able to do that right now. And, and that's, I can really see that wear and tear on, on firefighters and you know it's the number one thing at our zoom meetings when we have them with the firefighters they're like this is great but i'm, I'm i just want to get down there and even some of the tough and grumble guys say you know i just want to get down and give somebody a hug so <laughs> so um it's just it is starting to really wear on the firefighters and i think as a volunteer fire service in canada it's really something that we have to pay attention to and figure out how we're going to come out of it
0: i wonder you know about being a labeled the essential service, uh, however, I don't think people understand that the volunteer fire service, uh, albeit essential as any other fire department, is they're not essential all the time. They're sitting at home, they're in lockdown, and when the tones drop, all of a sudden they become essential. I wonder if that has any bearing on people's mental wellness
1: yeah I, th- I think you're right. I think you know it's it's you're you're so used to isolation and we're starting to see that. Uh, I can say in in some instances that people are getting used to isolation and and they're starting to think, um, you know what, maybe I don't need to go out at three in the morning because I'm I'm just kind of getting comfortable being isolated and this is the new way of things and I I don't really know if I want to rush out and and do that call or go and leave my family or that type of stuff. So it's starting to weigh on some of their minds and and people are starting to kind of have second thoughts and say maybe it isn't the end all be all, you know, it's, it is a lot of demand on me to have to go out and do that. And I'm kind of comfortable here and, and I can see that there is more to life than I'm able to do with my family or or uh, online or, or different avenues that they found um, that it's going to make retention and recruitment a, a lot tougher, I think.
0: How are we, uh, speaking of recruitment, retention, how are we going to recruit new members now uh, in terms of, we don't offer the same thing we used to offer at least today,
1: uh, hopefully tomorrow, but how do we deal with that? That That's a great question. <laughs> I think there's gonna have to be some uh, virtual summits or, or idea sharing that's gonna have to happen because it, it is gonna be a different way that we're gonna have to recruit. Um, you know, I think maybe that we are gonna have to focus on how do we become even more stronger part of our community because communities are gonna need a lot of uplifting and a, and a lot of help coming out of this. So maybe that is some way we recruit the people that are keen to get involved in their community because they've been isolated for so long. Um, we can offer them that, that it's not only the emergency responses, but there is also helping with the, the Santa Claus parades and the, the, uh, the summer events and the slip and slides and whatever else, Everybody does is we might have to put a lot of focus on that for a while to get people interested and people wanting to go out and help their communities. Um, but I, I really think as a as a fire service that we're going to have to come up with some very unique ideas on on how we can do it in post COVID era. So this
0: uh, just in you know just in pie in the sky this all goes away tomorrow. How much of what you've been doing for the pandemic, from the remote stuff, from all the different things, how much do you think you'll keep, you'll keep? How much do you think you'll continue to uh, to operate
1: with? Um, it's a it's a great question. Um, I think there there is definitely going to be some online courses in 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 the uh, in the future for firefighters. Um, I think they're seeing that there's value in that, and you can get some more accomplished without having to give up significant amounts of time away from your home. So I think definitely that definitely a lot of the PPE stuff is is going to stay like it, it's not we're not going to get rid of masking and gloving and gowning at medical calls uh, just you know right away tomorrow that that's something that's going to stay and you know maybe maybe there's a place for it because of different viruses or or influenza outbreaks or whatnot that that come our way so those th- things will um, the one thing that that has been a, a kind of a breath of fresh air is when we were doing small group training um, with uh, our firefighters is I, I was overwhelmed with the response back that they said they really enjoyed that we were so used to practicing as a large group and at our, at our departments in our stations that's usually with 15 to 25 people um, they said they got lost in the shuffle whereas training in in small groups on different nights so there was only maybe five of them down there at a night um and doing that training they said they really enjoyed that because they got a lot more hands on time and a lot of the younger firefighters said something that really hit with me is he said, I'm not scared to ask questions. In the large group, I know I'm new and sometimes I'm a little scared to ask questions because I don't want to feel s- silly in there. Um, so they said, Head in that small group, I'm not scared to stand up and ask that question and get that answer right away. And I thought, you know what, that's a, that's a great response and it's something that we definitely have to look for. So I really think that's something that's going to stick for us.
0: I've, I've thought about you know, the budget process in terms of moving into a new year and, and starting to think about monies to spend. Do you think communities are going to be hit in terms of their fire department budgets and not get the same they used to spend before?
1: I definitely think that's going to be a possibility. Um, our money is going to have to be looked at and spent in a, in a smarter way. Um, there might have to be more put into um, a camaraderie, social fund—you know that 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 money might have to 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 build the the um, morale and and the camaraderie at the firehouse to keep them there. Also, like just un related stuff, that the cost of equipment and, and trucks and that has is increased um, because of supply and demand uh, due to COVID. Um, so that's definitely going to have to take an effect. So I definitely think our budgets are going to be affected by it for with it for sure.
0: I'm a big proponent, as as most of us in emergency management are, about you know not just building it back, but building it back better. And I'm interested in any opportunities that we can take advantage of what we're going through. Are you looking at that the same way?
1: Yeah, like any any opportunity we have, definitely we're we're going to try and take advantage of whatever can come our way or or however we can do. Um, Partnerships are, are going to be a, a huge thing, I believe, with fire services, whether partnerships with the community or businesses or or something out there to be able to help them and and us at the same time. So uh, yeah, we're de- we're definitely I agree with you there.
0: I'm I, you know you can only hope that that the volunteers or the as you say want to get involved because of what's happened i can't imagine what it's going to be like when we kind of get out of this and in particular with you folks because, you know i'm in british columbia it's a little bit different we're still going through the same processes we're not on a lockdown like ontario is but uh, we can only imagine that when we get out of this the 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 need to get together i think people are going to want that outlet i think we're going to be busier than ever
1: i, I agree i absolutely like uh, we found that our call volume has dropped over the past year because people are staying home and and not out in the roads and not, you know, participating. But I agree. Once people are out and about and, and you know let their guard down a little bit and are, are you know it's it's not a free-for-all, but you know everybody's out there enjoying everything they can. I, I do think there's gonna be a huge demand on us for that for that, for incident-wise. And you know, there's gonna be the demand on us as we talked earlier about the events that are gonna come forward and they're gonna be looking at us as as the big groups in small town. To, to help with the events and help, you know, make things a success and, and get the community together. So, um, it's definitely something we have to prepare for and be ready to, to move forward with.
0: I think I think it's important that we stress upon uh, not only the community but our volunteers that the fire department is is going to
1: be part, a huge part of the healing process once uh, once we get through this. Yes, absolutely, and and we are. Um, in a lot of cases, as you said earlier, really with emergency management, we are the, the go-to organization. Whether it's um, the cat stuck in the tree, or you know, the tornado that went through, or the flooding, or anything, we're the go-to organization. And this is no different. That you know, for community spirit and community, that they're going to they're going to look to us and say, well, you know, what can you do to help us? Because you guys help out with other things, and this is this is is just as important. It's it's the mental health of the community that we we really need to help out with and, and is something that's going to be a big demand on us
0: under normal circumstances in your particular department how uh, how do you normally recruit do you do a, a once a year or, or or several times through the year bring new members in again under normal circumstances
1: um normal circumstances we recruit once a year um in the fall um, we'll put messages out on all our social medias and and just like any small town, it's it's word of mouth. So we can make sure we get the word spread amongst everybody that we're looking um, and that. So it, it's usually done the fall and then we get them hired to start first thing in the new year. And then in the new year, they start taking part in our, our county recruitment classes and, and uh, work together with all the fire departments in our county um, to get that. So we just finished the recruitment this past fall and brought on eight new firefighters. So um, they're just... Once we get out of lockdown, they're going to start the recruitment process this year.
0: Oh, I, I think you're different from a lot of departments. I'm not sure how many across Canada have been able to do just that. I think, I mean, our department, we, we, we have done nothing and we're hoping to do our re- annual recruitment again in the spring, but again, holding boot camps and such, it's a little difficult.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it was, ab- it was done under different circumstances this fall we did a lot of it virtually we did a couple of zoom meetings um we did a lot of one-on-one meetings where we could socially distance um so this recruit class is different you're absolutely right That they haven't even gotten together yet as a group to meet each other so um it's it's definitely we have to pay attention to that And we just actually talked about that last night at a meeting that we need to work with them and make sure that we just don't leave them in the dust because it's it's a whole different recruitment for them than than any other times
0: the road has been long, and certainly uh, it's—I said there's an end in sight. Uh, you know, we've got a vaccine that's that's making its way around, but certainly I think, uh, like I say, the fire service takes advantage of this in terms of uh, making the correct changes. I think we're gonna we're gonna come out of this. Uh, I think that's the message we need to send.
1: I agree with you 100%, Tom. Yeah, the fire service has always been one that, you know, adopts and overcome, and, and a lot of people use that model all the time, and, and I think that's what we're going to we're going to pull through this stronger. We're going to adopt and, and overcome this, and, and hopefully the whole fire service in general will come out of this stronger.
0: Thank you, my friend. I appreciate your time today and uh, talking to us. Stay well, be safe, and uh, we'll talk again soon.
1: Great, yeah, always great to talk to you, Tom. Uh, never miss an opportunity to have a conversation with you, so thanks for including me.
0: Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast brought to you by Draeger, your trusted safety solution provider. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.